This is Scheme to Death with noted college football columnist Murph Baldwin delving deep into scheme and personnel as only he can do. And now, your host, Murph Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, you already know what time it is, folks. Scheme to Death is back up in your ear. I'm your host, Murph Baldwin from Trojansports.com. And man, what in the heck did I just see? I mean, I didn't just see it. You get what I'm saying, though. The Trojans put a spanking on those boys from Palo Alto. Man. Put it on them, Stanford Cardinal, or the Stanford Cardinal. Something serious, something serious. But before we get into that, you already know what time it is. Let's get into the particulars. Make sure you get on over to Trojansports.com and cop yourself a subscription. Not now, but right now, so you can see what is going on with the best team covering Trojan Sports. There is Trojansports.com, man. I'm talking about my man, the beat writer extraordinaire. That will be one Adam J. Meyer. My man, Adam Meyer has it cracking from the ground level i mean if it's there he covers dude is simply the best and you like recruiting you like recruiting as they say down here in the south then you love chris swanson because my man swanee is the best at it man i was listening to him he said he had some stuff on james cook are you talking my you talking my <laughs> James Cook, come on now You're talking about running backs Which is definitely something we'll be talking about in this particular show A cat like James Cook from Miami Central Fantastic Kid reminds me of like a, a Joseph Forte, Joe Mixon kind of cat One of those versatile cats like that So uh, definitely gotta check that out And of course man, you're talking about film breakdown and analysis Where else you gonna get it from? Did myself Moi, me Come on now. That ain't the best team doing it. I don't know what is, man. No, ain't nobody at Scout. Old cats over there. Ain't nobody at 24-7. Wherever else you guys get that from. Some of these other cats, they don't even pop up on my radar. But Trojansports.com is where it's at, man. Versatile team and a crack staff. So get over there. Get yourself a subscription. All right. Alright. So man, back to it. Back to business. Oh my god. Man, I am so impressed by the University of Southern California. Because man, it is playing the type of football that you have to play in this day and age if you want to actually win titles. I mean, this ain't nineteen ninety one. This ain't 2003 and uh, all that <laughs> this is 2017 where you have to dominate the line of scrimmage you get what i'm saying the trojans are playing line of scrimmage football imagine that imagine that when the tro- trojans were at its best when the trojans were at their best i'd say definitely around the the era most of us is going to remember most of us young cats you know what i mean about a decade, about a decade ago, the Pete Carroll era and everything like that. 
they dominate the line of scrimmage. Everybody wants to talk about what's going on with the skill players and this and that and and a third. But, man, if you can't dominate in the line of scrimmage, it's a line of scrimmage game, man. No doubt about it. And I'm talking about offense and defense. First and foremost, like I say all the time, you have to be able to run the ball and stop the run. Now, we're not going to talk about the the run defense against Stanford. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't nothing nice. <laughs> not at all. That's something that's going to have to improve because there are some teams with, when you get down to it, the elite of the elite, those teams are running the ball with even better run games. Not to say that Stanford doesn't have a really good run game. It really does. It has a, a very good run game. But there are better run games out there. But one of them being USC's. <laughs> Man, that offensive line you're talking about, of course, they were doing their, their zone schemes. I saw a lot of wide zone. I saw a lot of quick zone. And um, quick zone is a play that I really like, man. And Ronald Jones and Stephen Carr were both running that bad boy like that. Um, you take that zone step, and the offensive line tries its best to wash down at an angle. And you don't even have to really take much of a of a step towards play side. I mean, you're pretty much getting downhill. And Rojo, Orojo, for all my... Latin brothers out there, Rojo was getting it in, um, running physical. I'm sorry, I can't say it enough, man. Everybody likes explosive players, but that's not realistic. You're not always going to be explosive. I hate to break it to you. When you play some of these better defenses, whether it be Florida State, LSU, Alabama, you might not run the ball like you ran the ball against Stanford. And that goes with those teams against each other as well, as we've seen. But you have to be able to grind some of those yards out and play physical football and be able to break a team down systematically. That separates the good from the great and the great from the elite. And, man, I don't know what the heck got in the Ronald Jones, man. It has to be the hair. Man, somebody's going to have to explain that to me, man. That's, you know what I'm saying? It's a brother who has some dreads. Uh, dreads. What am I talking about? It's a brother who has some locks um, for a good percentage of my adult life. How in the heck did this cat cut his hair off and it got it back even longer than it was? I've never seen a picture with his hair actually cut off. Somebody send me that on Twitter. At Murph Balden, M-U-R-F-B-A-L-D-W-I-N. If you see this cat with his hair actually cut all the way off and then he regrew it as long as it is now. Because, man, that cat has some, man, he has some of that good grease. <laughs> he has some of that, that jojoba oil. <laughs> some of that coconut oil or something like that. Because, man, this dude's hair is long and he says it gives him power and speed and man he ain't lying this dude was running through tackles he was pushing the pile i'm talking about nice four and five yard games i mean that's the type of football I like man i'm from the south we don't like all that fast stuff man you guys be out there doing all that fast stuff we like to be able to relax sit back four yards here three yards here seven yards here and then when you wake up from your nap, man, and you're breaking off 20, 40, 50-yard runs, then that's when it's, it's on, you know, systematically breaking someone down. So in the fourth quarter, they don't want to tackle you anymore. And you're converting speed to power like Ronald Jones is doing. I know he's north of 200 pounds now, but come on now. And then when you factor that in with the guys around him, I'm going to say the best for last, man. But my man, Vavai Malapai, come on, man. I don't know. I think his name might actually be like Malapi. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to go with what you guys are talking about. You know what I'm saying? But let's be real here. I think you're not pronouncing that bad boy correctly. But I don't know. 
All I know is I like this kid. And I think about a tandem with him and Stephen Carr in the future. It's going to be sick. Uh, he's got some Thomas Tyner in his game. Y'all guys remember that cat? Well, you might want to remember him because he's back in college football, strangely enough, after like nine years. He has to be like 32 years old. But he played at Oregon. Uh, I forget. I think he's originally from Oregon. And um, played with the Ducks for a couple of years when they were in the Marcus Mariota days. Now he's back with Oregon State, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, reminds me of young Thomas Tyner, man. He's got some power to him. He's got some shiftiness to him. He's got some explosiveness uh, right out the gate. Nice zero to 60. Nice pad level. He's going to punish you. He's going to punish you. And um, got a shout out to Sedware. Sedware doing his thing. We already know what Sedware is about. He's just solid. Solid in all aspects. He can get you to chunk yardage. He can move the pile. You can put him in short yardage. Nasty. 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 But man. I need a sound effect for this guy or something like that. Steven Carr, as advertised, everything that I talked up before the year started. What I saw here at the five-star challenge at the Georgia Dome, when all those backs were here, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, um, who am I missing? Cam Akers of Florida State. He was right there with those guys, man. He was looking good. Now, man, I think this cat has a sixth gear. Ronald Jones is explosive. But, man, I don't know if he's that explosive. And that's saying something because Rojo moves. Yeah, man, Rojo has a fifth gear, no doubt about it. But Stephen Carr might have a sixth. Did y'all see when that cat took that wide zone? Oh, my God. Man, say, say I want y'all to sit back and bow your heads, man, for all that speed. You need to pray. Pray to, to Jesus. That about that speed, man, because that's some speed that's God given right there. He hit that sideline, and man, I just you could see the wind, and you could you could just feel like the wind burn on some of those guys' jerseys. Some of those guys need new jerseys now that was trying to catch him because man, he was he was flying. That's some ungodly speed. All those guys in the same backfield with that monster they have at quarterback who was absolutely dealing. Now, hold on, man. we got to get to the bad part, too, but it was absolutely dealing. And when I tell you about that quick game, man, I know you guys want to go deep and you're used to these guys and used to these superstar type um, shot players or spotlight players like a um, Marquise Lee, Robert Woods. Remember that back in the day? They were so they were so great that you couldn't really get the ball to anyone else. Now you can spread the wealth and you can target a myriad of people. You can target the tight end. Where's Daniel and Matt Bay Bay, by the way? We got to get you back out there, get you healthy. But, man, Deontay Burnett, um, Mitchell, all these guys, man, these guys are perfect for that West Coast offense, especially if you talk about when you're running the ball like that. You're going to have to commit extra defenders there. You're going to have to run. Uh, you're going to have to run nickel, obviously, because they're going to mostly be in cheetah personnel. But, man, we saw when they were having two backs back there, uh, looks like, was your regular pro personnel, 21 personnel. Um, we saw it mostly with Vavai and um, said where. And um, I know some of you guys be out there and y'all was like, man, when can we get uh, Stephen Carr and Ronald Jones in the game together? And I never understood why people always like that. I mean, you always, no matter where, everybody want to see in Georgia, everybody want to see Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb play together. Like, what is that going to actually do? They don't complement each other. They're the, 
virtually the same player. What makes a good tandem in a backfield is somebody has to have a skill set the other does not have, meaning primarily blocking. When you put a guy like Vavai back there, he can block. We saw, we saw him blocking for said where. That's adding something to the – bringing something to the dance, if you will, Right? So you want a guy back there who can block and can pave the way because when you have another back out there, you're losing a blocker up front, meaning some of the onus is going to have to go to a receiver or something like that because you have two backs back there. One of them better be able to block if you really want to get that crack in there. But I don't know. I can see the excitement when you have two exciting players, but only one guy can get the ball. So how much tricking are you going to get? If you're a def- defense, you just got to read your keys. Whoever has the ball at that particular point in time is the threat. The guy who doesn't have the ball is really not a threat because he's not going to probably block you. You're going to really be afraid of Stephen Carr blocking you? Not necessarily, but you'll be afraid of that moment gentleman coming with somebody blocking in front of him. Now, that's scary. Or maybe you can send both out into a pass, uh, into a pass duty, but... I mean, what is, what is that really going to do? I don't know. Maybe on the switch up, a play here, a play there. But one guy, maybe run your one back power with those guys or put somebody there who can block. But you want to keep those tight ends out there. And I would love 12 personnel. One back, two tight end. I apologize that there. Uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> if you down here, man, I just got power. And I had to jump on this bad boy because I'm behind. And I know these guys wanting this material. You got Adam Maya out there. He's like a mobster or something like that, man. He's like, hey, Murph, man, I need you to do this, and I want you to have it by this particular point in time. I may have to send my minions towards you. I'm just like, dang. This man's out here demanding it. So I got to get the people that product, man. So I guess everybody's out there liking the product. Uh, I like delivering the product. So I'm going to serve it up, right? But, yeah, so – Man, when you talk about all those weapons, it's nothing without that offensive line. And you're talking about, man, did you see those guys comboing up to the second level? Like, I'm loving me some offensive line play, man. If you can't talk to me, man, if you can't talk about offensive line play. You know what I mean? I can very rarely just do the the general type talk. There's a, there's a place for that, though. There is. Some of the stuff, very compelling stuff. If you don't listen uh, to anything else, make sure you listen to the, the, the primary Trojansports.com podcast with Chris and Adam. It's very entertaining, man. My man Chris was straight jumping out the window, already putting the Trojans. I mean, it's just two games. You have really nothing to go on with two games. They played great. There's no doubt about it. But uh, somebody like me who has to break down film and has to take into account a lot of different factors, we just don't know the type of team that Stanford will be in the end. Suppose Stanford's not that good of a team. I remember um, last year, Texas, well, speaking of, we'll be getting to that. Obviously, this is going to be a Texas preview show, and I'll be getting that here shortly, previewing what they got left, this type of stuff that they like to do and stuff like that. But Texas last year beat Notre Dame, and people were going ham. I remember listening to the the Texas Rivals podcast, those guys, Orange Blood podcast. They all switched their – before the season started, they were like, oh, Texas might go six and six or seven and five or something like that. They were saying, but man, they beat Notre Dame and they were like, oh, my God, we beat Notre Dame. And they were talking about like 10 and two, 11 and one type stuff off of one game, one game. How did that work out? You can't do that. So you got to I need more material. But just from the bare bones of it, 
man, <laughs> the Trojans are going to be unmasswittable. I want to say what I really want to say, but I don't think we can cuss on here. But you get what I'm saying. Unfwittable. How about that? Um, Because of, of course, the offense, but that defense. Them guys were flying around to the ball. It looked like the old school defense, man, what I like back in the day. I mean, <laughs> everybody was out there looking like Palomalu, man. They were flying to the ball. Marvell Tell, can't say enough about this guy. Um, Jenny Harris, what about this kid? Why nobody giving this guy no props? I like this cat a lot. He can play that nickel spot, uh, that star position. And um, he can come up and assist in the run game. He's got flat duty. But, man, he can peel back and coverage. You can run your deep thirds. And um, are you on your quarters coverage? And he can fill voids there. He can float in space, shallow zones, physical. I like him. I like him a lot. And, of course, man, John Houston Jr., he's always flashing to me, man. I need to see more of this kid, man. I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm, I'm like on crack with it, man. I got to see more of John Houston. Cam Smith doing his thing. The guys up front flashing, man. Machine Green still flashing. Uh, the edge players, man. Uchenna Nuosu. I don't know, man. Somebody's got to give this guy some props. Uh, I don't think he's explosive enough to give you 13, 14 sacks like you would see at some of these other schools where they have these explosive defenders. And, um, uh, nah, I can say he'd probably be a good eight, nine sack guy. But, man, tons of pressure, tons of edge positioning. Um, he, he plays his contained very well. He's good against the run. He's very solid overall. Porter Gusson, same thing. They're both very solid edge players and guys you would like in an odd front defense like that 5-2 is. Uh, second level guys, good. Cornerbacks, um, I have to see more. We'll see. We'll see. You know me uh, with Biggie Marshall, not quite sold on the cat yet. And Jack Jones, too. He's got some stuff going on there. I think the cornerbacks can be they, they can have a little bit more improvement, but a good game from them. Uh, I love, really love the safeties. Chris Hawkins, and man, you can run a whole bunch of cats. So where the heck is Bubba Bolden? I want to see some Bubba Bolden. This when you, when you start mentioning these type of cats, that's when you know that you're on in the line for a college football playoff. And you're mentioning cats that I know that are extremely talented, and you don't really see them out there contributing. That means you're building quality depth. Everybody wants to talk about the receivers because you don't have that that number one kind of guy, even though Joseph Lewis, I believe, will be that eventually. And so will my guy, Josh Matter, baby. Watch out for him. Those are those type of players. But right now you got seniority and more of the quick game type cats, you know, more of the X receiver type cats. So, but all in all, man, what can you say? They played Stanford like Stanford. How do you out Stanford Stanford? I don't know, but USC did it. As I told you before, when USC starts to look like Stanford, Tell me that didn't look like some Andrew Luck Stanford, what USC was doing, dealing in the quick game, uh, hitting some of those mid-range things. But, man, but running that football and running it effectively and running it physically. Hmm? Come on now. I'm not going to jump out the window like Chris. I don't know, man. I don't know about Chris sometimes, man. That's my boy, man. But I don't know what was going on with him, man. He was going ham, writing him in the national championship game. He was saying stuff like this Stanford Secondary is like the, the greatest of all time or something like that. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, come on. I don't know if he was playing around or not. I don't know what was going on with that. Somebody had to hit up Chris Swanson and ask him, was he playing around with that? Because um, I can name about four or five secondaries I would take before the Stanford secondary. And some of these secondaries have guys like 
top five type. Like, think about Florida State secondary with Derwin James. You guys heard of Derwin James? I know you have if you watch football. Kid's a freak. He'd be a, probably a top five pick at a safety position. But then they have Tavares McFadden in that same, that same defensive backfield. Like, he's a top 15 pick there. Uh, I don't know. I can go across LSU's defensive backfield. Um, and we can just go on and on. I don't know. That was that was kind of weird. I know Stanford's a good team, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how good they are. But I'm, I'm convinced that what type of team USC is still has some stuff to improve on the run defense. Uh, don't not do not gloss over that. That can be trouble. That can be trouble because then a team can really control the line of scrimmage, control the clock and limit your plays and make it to where you have to hit explosive plays, which might be harder to do in the run game, especially if a team doesn't even have to sell out to stop the run. Like we've seen that team from Tuscaloosa. They don't sell out to stop the run. That's and that's natural. It's organic type stuff. But then you have to start forcing the ball down the field. And we've seen Sam. He can be fooled, man. He got fooled off of peel back coverage off of what looked like, I want to say a three deep shell. And the guy floated over into his. He looked like his guy was open, running through. I wanted to say a seam route, and the guy floated back over and picked it. It picked out the pass. It was a great pick, no doubt about it. But that's, I won't say it's elementary school type stuff, but it's definitely stuff that if you see it on film, that you can replicate it with yourself. Maybe throw more zone blitz at him and stuff like that to get him to uh, really hone in on one player. And then see what it we can go from there. So gotta limit those turnovers. Turnovers are gonna be huge when you get down the line. And we gotta see what everybody else is gonna to be too. But man, no doubt about it. I am excited. And I was excited watching that game. I don't know about you, but I was having a blast. But coming up on the other side, folks, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of this Texas Tom Herman Todd Orlando stuff going on there. Man, Swanee says they're going to get beat by like 50 points. <laughs> Chris Swanson. TrojanSports.com. what Tom Herman's Texas team is all about at least at the core of their philosophy if you think about what you saw at the University of Houston for you guys who have paid attention to that or what you saw with him at Ohio State I think he started at Iowa State the first time I heard about them but man he's a guy who loves to spread to run the ball spread to run the ball meaning he wants to create a plethora of gaps, but work off of spacing to run the ball. So even though it's a spread, you still have to treat it like a power offense. So you saw when they were at their heyday, where they were at their best with Braxton Miller, I think, at Ohio State, and they would run some of those concepts that they had, and they were beautiful concepts too. I'm talking about one back power, but with a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So if you had a guy like that who's able to run the ball, man, they're running QB counter, QB power. Uh, they're running like zone type concepts with the quarterback. Not to mention they still had themselves 
a running back in Ezekiel Elliott, who's probably the best running back in, in football, period, right now. At least top three at the NFL in rushing as a rookie. They're going to make you prove it. But that's when he gets all his players and gets everything together. As of right now, he ain't got it like that, Jack. Uh, you have an offensive line that I think is pretty un-Texas-like. If you think about the Mac Brown era and some of the guys. But we quit this whole USC's about to get some get back on on Texas for the Rose Bowl back in the day. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, even if they beat the pants or when they beat the pants off Texas, that won't matter a hill of beans. They didn't win a championship that year. That's the only thing that matters. So I don't know. This is it's a funny marketing angle to me, but if anybody understands marketing, you just have to find what attracts and reels someone in, and I guess that could be that. So if you're starting on the offensive side of the ball and what you saw at Houston where they had Greg Ward and some of those guys there that were B.J. Catalan, the running back position, they had some really tall basketball-like receivers. He, he loves to play uh, that that throw-it-up game, 50-50 ball game when all else fails. But they love to go deep, and they love to go deep when they kind of shrink the field with 6'4 and 6'5 receivers. So this is his first year taking over. Didn't recruit very well in the in the changeover. So what could they do that mostly resembles those past years? They can attempt to run the ball with some very talented running backs. I will I will give them that. Uh, don't get it twisted, though. I don't want you to, to take my words and misconstrue them. There's a ton of talent on this Texas team. I say that a bunch of times. Charlie Strong can recruit, and he recruited very well. They had some 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 top classes. Uh, I believe the top 10, top 15 classes. I'll, I'll have to go back and look at our Rivals.com rankings when he was there. But he was recruiting, man, and there are some NFL players on both sides of the ball on this team. However, you have a changeover. You have some guys that are doing some different stuff that not all of these guys really fit. But the run game stuff, if we go by game to game, they have a t- couple of games you can go on. I kind of want to throw out this latest game. They had a ton of success running the ball with Chris Warren, who is a phenomenal freak. Six foot four, 250 pound running back, Chris Warren. If anybody remember his his father, Chris Warren Jr. with the Seattle Seahawks back in the day, uh, very similar, very physical. Uh, this kid, I don't think I've seen a 6'4 and 250-pound running back since, like, Brandon Jacobs played for the New York Giants. So imagine that. And I think this guy has better wills than Brandon Jacobs. He's breaking long runs, and I've seen him for the past uh, two years, going on his third year now at Texas. And you would think he would get more time, but maybe they find something. Because in the first game, he wasn't very wasn't used at all. Maybe five or six carries, but in the second game, man, he got a ton, ton of totes, and he made the most of them. Man, he was breaking off big runs and big chunks. But then again, they were playing San Jose State when they played the first game. They played against Maryland, it was a little bit more formidable competition, who obviously isn't on the Trojans level, and they beat Texas. So that's what people are going to go by when you do college football math. You can't necessarily do that because styles make fights, uh, and we will see that with Triple G and Canelo coming up this weekend. I can't wait. Come on, man. Is it freaking Saturday yet? However, styles make fights and matchups make games. So it's a game within the game. Get one team can run the ball. Maybe another team passes the ball a little bit better. Uh, maybe one team can stop the run. But 
their pass defense is not, you know what I mean? So you can't, not every team's created equal. So Maryland will go by, all right, let's flip it over. No, we'll stay right there. Texas's run game gave it to San Jose, San Jose State, but didn't really give it to Maryland, who played a lot better defense, who just had a little bit more talented players. But if you break down the bare bones of that game, Texas couldn't rush the ball. So you had my man Chris Warren, who I've talked about. He only had 31 carries. I'm sorry, he only had 31 yards on six carries. Shane Bouchelle played that game, who's a pretty good athlete. Not quite the athlete of the freshman who we may see in Ellinger, Sam Ellinger. So you have Shane Bouchelle, who's a second-year player, a sophomore, got a ton of time as a true freshman, started most of the year, and played darn darn good. Uh, he's a really good quarterback, in my opinion. He may not fit the scheme as much as Ellinger because Ellinger is a better athlete. And like I said before, if you've seen – Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Greg Ward. He likes to have guys that they can run those concepts that I talked about before. So rushing game wasn't at the snuff. 31 carries for 98 yards against Maryland. However, those big receivers I was telling you about, one being Colin Johnson, six foot five guy, got some track speed. He can go get it. He had seven receptions for for 125 yards in that game. They have Reggie Hemphill maps. Monty Foreman, who's kind of a do-it-all guy. He can be your jet sweep guy. He can be a slot receiver. Uh, you can put him out wide. Uh, his brother is uh, Deontay Foreman, who had about 29,000 yards last year for Texas and went in the draft. I forget what Simi went for, but he was he was a load. But uh, his brother is a, is a pretty good load as a receiver, too. So, uh, man, Devin DuVernay, Gerard Hurd is a guy you need to – Think about here. Gerard Hurd has bounced back and forth between quarterback and receiver, kind of like Jalen Green. <laughs> Maybe Jalen Green needs to go back to being a QB because I don't know. I don't know about Jalen Green right now. But did you see that one-handed catch he did, though? And they said that he was – I don't know if they said he was Stephen Mitchell <laughs> or he was Deontay Barnett or something like that. It was clearly Jalen Green. He had the one-handed catch before the game. It was nasty. But, um, yeah, Gerard Hurd. Bounce back and forth, but they're putting him in to do the Wildcat. So, obviously, he played QB before, but he's a really good runner. So, he kind of fits that bill like the guys before in Tom Herman's offense, Braxton and JT Barrett and those guys, right? So, he's going to get some time there at the Wildcat. So, if you're focusing on him just doing those those QB powers and the QB draw and a lot of the stuff they did from, from the one-back power with the extra blockers when your QBs are runner, he can throw the ball, too. Not a very good thrower, but he has that ability to throw the ball being a former quarterback. Then you have a guy who may play. I'm not sure. They have a legit track guy. I'm talking about like speed, like um, a Dory Jackson type speed and John Burt. Not sure if he's going to play, but if he does, got to watch out for him in the nine game, um, in the long game. Because I'm not sure about as far when the further the ball goes down the field, I think. USC's cornerbacks become more of a liability, but it has such good safeties, I believe, good safety play that depending on the coverage, they could combat that. You know, that's me, though. But 11 personnel, two backs, no tight ends, 20 personnel, the cheetah personnel, that 11 personnel I was telling you about, that's going to be the basis of it. And they're going to try to create those extra gaps, man. Uh, they're going to want to run the ball first and foremost. So, can the run fits be good for USC? If we're talking about scraping to the ball on those zone fits, USC has to do a lot better job that, t- to me, 
That's just my opinion. They have to do a lot better job job than that in the long run to really get to where they want to go. Uh, you're going to have to square up and scrape to the ball, not necessarily turn and run like you see with USC because those type of guys trust their ability to go and to go and get it after the ball. But sometimes, man, technique beats speed, right? So scrape along there, square your shoulders up to the line of scrimmage, scrape and secure those gaps and fit those gaps. Your run fits going to be going to be something that you're going to want to pay attention to when you talk about those big old running backs like that. So I don't know what to tell you that could be a problem, but I have a hard time believing that it can be a problem two games in a row like that, especially when you think that's Texas's best way of procuring a win. Now let's not to say they can't go to the air. Ellinger had some success against San Jose State, but this will be a whole different ball game going against USC and the type of speed and type of talent that it has on defense. Now, if my man Shane Bouchelle plays, that's a different story. He's played against some top-notch competition, played against Oklahoma, all these guys, so he's not going to be shell-shocked in that fashion. And he can spread that thing around. So I don't think they'll be able to shoot it out with USC because I don't think they have the firepower to continue to score. But I think USC's defense can dampen the load and be able to start to constrict. Stanford came out pretty dope, if you remember. But USC started making adjustments, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. I just love that boa constrictor-like mentality when it comes to USC and what it's been doing, at least what it did in this particular game. I, I can't go swanee. And kind of fast forward that or project that throughout all the games because styles make matchups and you just don't know what somebody's going to bring from game to game. So, but on the flip side of that, we're talking about USC running the ball against Texas. Yikes. Texas defense is straight Swiss cheese. Maryland put up, man, 263 yards rushing on them. And they also put up 219 yards through the air. Imagine that. <laughs> it's a lot of yards for a team named Texas. Probably the best state or high school football, uh, at least in total. I think Georgia and some of these other schools or some of these other states per capita. But, man, think about how many how many people are in Texas and the type of ball and type and how it could recruit. You know what I'm saying? When it really has it going. The best defender, probably the best player on either team, will be on Texas's defense, though. I got to give a shout-out to Malik Jefferson. The kid is a top-10 pick through and through. Uh, he can be a weak side linebacker in a 4-3. Uh, he can be a, a strong side linebacker in a 4-3. He can be an inside linebacker in a 3-4. He's fast as all get-out. Uh, you don't see speed like that at the second-level linebacker. He's an off-the-ball linebacker, as I said before, a sideline-to-sideline guy. But he may struggle to get off some blocks. So it'll be within USC's best interest to continue to combo up to the second level and to get this guy on blocks. But if he's just running as fast as SC's running backs are, I think he, he can run with him, believe it or not. You're going to have to check this dude out. He is a freak show, Malik Jefferson. But, man, other than that, man, you got a bunch of guys who look good on the defense, who look good in, in, a, in a uniform, but – that defense is horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Well, at least it was against Maryland. Not so much against San Jose State, but you got to take 
taking into account the talent discrepancy there. We'll have to see about that. But I have a hard time believing it can stop USC's run game, especially if USC does the type of stuff that it was doing before. They also struggle with gap fists, some horrible, horrible gap fists. Another team with all that speed that likes to run to the ball. They need to square up as well, square up on these gaps and start scraping to the ball a little bit better. But they don't they ain't got it like that. That's going to be bad for them. I think that's going to be what really separates them. when USC really gets into that rushing attack. And Sam Darnold, he can have his way with that backfield, that defensive backfield all day long, all day long. But it's not it doesn't need to be about that. I told you before they need to play like Stanford when Stanford had Andrew Luck. It was still about that run game, but he can deal and dish whenever they whenever he wanted to. But they limited turnovers. We know that my man Sam can dish and throw out touchdowns like nobody's business. He give you four or five touchdowns per game, but he may also give you two picks per game. You don't want it to come down to that where it'd be a close game and you're not kind of protecting yourself from that by running the ball. You got that deep, deep, deep ass running back corpse. Run that ball, especially against the Texas. These guys are Swiss cheese in there. And I say they're soft. I don't like to call people soft, especially dealing with football. But let's just say that their run defense is not where it needs to be at this particular point in time and not where it'll be in the future because Todd Orlando has some good defenses. That was their calling card to me at Houston. Uh, They beat some teams like Louisville, and, man, they were sacking the heck out of your man Lamar Jackson when they upset them last year. And they've had – they beat Florida State. This this is a coaching staff that has some big wins under his belt. Um, they beat Florida State. I forget who else they came back and beat. It was like two straight wins in a row. One to end the season, then one to open the season. Oklahoma. They beat last year's Oklahoma team. And Oklahoma's very well a team that you could see in the college football playoff. And that's another one. When I heard Swanee talking about that nobody can do what, what Sam was doing and stuff, I think it was taking a little bit too far. Did you see what Baker Mayfield did to Ohio State? That was surgery. He took them boys to surgery. And we know that kid can play. Um, he's got a special way he likes to play ball. He's a gunslinger, kind of like Sam. So that would be a good, a nice, a nice match right there with Sam and Baker Mayfield. And um, of course, you know with Josh Rosen how he gets down. There's a ton of talent out there at the quarterback position, and something that you're not even really thinking about. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be that easy. But this Texas game, and will it be easy? I would have to say, eventually, it might start off a little slow. Texas may be able to control a little bit of clock if it has success in the running game with Chris Warren and um, Kyle Porter and these guys. Uh, but, man, if your gap sound and assignment sound at USC and you're able to stop that run game and make them pass the ball, you're going to get some bunnies. They're going to throw you some bunnies. I, I, I can guarantee you that. They start turning the ball over, it's curtains. USC starts running that ball, it's curtains. They didn't got it like that on the offensive line, many Texas, and they don't got it like that on the defensive line. So you can't win that way. And that's the type of team it's going to take to beat USC, a team that can dominate on both sides of the ball like that. So um, I don't know. This one's running a little long, man. I'm about to go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, wait. Whoa, whoa, Adam? What are you doing here, man? Hey, hey whoa. Why, why you got a gun, man? You want me to make a pick? Oh. Come on, man. You know I don't like to do all that stuff, man. I just like to break it down between the white lines, man. I'll leave that to you and Swan. All right, all right man. You don't got to be like that, man. I'll make a pick, man. I'm going to say 38 to 17 USC. Are you happy? Made that pick for you, man. All right, so 
That's about what it is, man. Run the ball, stop the run, force those guys to put it up in the air. They have some big, some big guys out there, some very talented receivers that they can, they can get out, they can get loose too, some freak show type stuff. But I just don't think they have it like that right now. You do not want to lose to a team like this, man, and put yourself out of the out of, out of the picture on a team like Texas. This should be not one of your easier wins, but it should be one of your more rewarding wins, just because of that name. But if you really look at how they're playing football and the type of football that they play and where they're at. As far as the tier, uh, I would say this probably be one of those mid-level type Pac-12 teams. Not a very good team right now, but a ton of talent on it. A ton of Texas talent on it, so don't take them lightly, all right? But, man, I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. It's always fun to do my scheme to death thing. I'll let you boys know what's going on here with some of these schemes and some of this personnel, all right? But, man, get over to TrojanSports.com. Get yourself a subscription. Holla at your boy. I am out. Oh,